What's up, Leo? Welcome to the second episode of Riverboat Redskins. What's up, Arjun? How we doing today? Good, man. It's been a great day, great weather. Just, you know, pumped to get this going. And, and you know, the Skins have made a couple of moves uh, over the last week. Uh, so I'm excited to get, get into it and, and start talking. Absolutely. Couldn't uh, couldn't be more excited to, to get this going. Episode one got some good feedback, and I hope the listeners know we're doing our best to uh, adhere to as much feedback as possible, because obviously you guys are going to be uh, the bread and butter uh, in the spine uh, of all of this, really. So thanks to everyone that listened, first of all. And second of all, um, you know, keep the feedback coming. We appreciate everything. And uh, we're, again, applying all of it as much as we can. But uh, Arjun, you know, hand it over to you. Uh, kind of walk, walk, walk everyone through the agenda today. Uh, I know that was one of the requests. And so uh, let's uh, let's get to it. Yeah. So I think uh, we're going to obviously try to keep this a little bit more succinct than the last one. Uh, so let's start off with, you know, some front office moves that we've made. The coaching staff has been finalized. And then obviously we can get into some hot takes on some free agents that are going to be available. Maybe some guys that the skin should target. Obviously we have our own free agents, but this is going to be really focused around other guys outside of our team that uh, hopefully we go after. Yep. So Kyle Smith, new vice president of player personnel. Doug Williams originally held that post and now has been reassigned to the vice president of player development. Uh, Gribble has been, promoted instead of Kyle Smith in his and instead as director of college scouting. Leo, give me some thoughts about this promotion, these front office changes and from what you've heard and what you've read over the last few days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly happy to elaborate, uh, take my take on it. I mean, I think this is a great move. Kyle Smith uh, has been nothing short of a, a very promising young mind within NFL, within a very dysfunctional NFL front office. I think we can agree. Um, you know, this organization proves time and time again the front office is very dysfunctional. So anytime that you're getting praise for someone uh, from outside of the organization, looking inside, you know well, that we're sitting in a pretty good spot. So I'm really glad we were able to keep him in house and. Uh, I, I can only imagine a guy like that has plenty of opportunities to go elsewhere, but says a lot that he believes in kind of what we've got going on. And I do know, you know, as the you know director of college scouting, that he played a huge part in like the current young core that we have. Uh, you know, he was part of the draft that went and got John Allen, Matt Ioannidis. Uh, you know, Duran Payne, I mean, and found guys like, you know, Sean Dion Hamilton late in like the sixth round and Jimmy Moreland super late. Um, Jimmy Moreland might have even been undrafted. Uh, feel free to fact check me on that. But I, I think I thought he was the seventh round. Yeah, yeah. So he was the seventh round. Um, you. Say what? Oh, I, <laughs> and I, I, I will say I have regular dreams about myself being taken first overall by the Redskins. Um, maybe it's a nightmare being chosen by that team. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, so, yeah, you know, super excited about the move. Uh, I can let you kind of, uh, you know, uh, give a bit on Gribble. I know you were doing a little more reading on him than I had. I like the I, I, I like uh, Gribble. Uh, he seems to have a, a very long track record of, of uh, good decision making and positive, you know, things you know said about him throughout uh, his tenure in the in the NFL. I know he was with the Steelers uh, originally, so you know, generally a pretty good organization, you know, that we're pulling some folks from, and hopefully he can uh, kind of continue the great work that Kyle's been doing. And what this 
what I think this really means is that moving forward, you know, obviously we're not bringing on a GM. We're especially not bringing bringing him on before the draft. We've heard the team say that plenty of times. Uh, I think the draft is really going to be a very, you know, new, like, a, like it's not going to necessarily be a new approach, but I think Ron, uh, Kyle, and and Tim working together is really going to, they're going to continue pushing like this whole theory of like you win in the trenches, which honestly, I think we can agree. That's really where everything starts. Uh, it's not where everything ends, but it's where everything starts. You know, if you can't win at the line of scrimmage, you're not winning across the rest of the field. And I really like this, uh, this approach that we've been, you know, take the, take the biggest, meanest, strongest, nastiest dude available on the offensive line or defensive line. Um, you know, thank, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, some people I know disagree with me on this, but you know, the chase young, uh, predator, you know, that's exactly what he is. He's the nastiest, biggest, meanest dude available in the draft at that number two spot generational talent. That's why I think it's a no brainer, but uh, a little bit of a tangent there, but yeah, I generally really, really like this Kyle Smith hire again, keeping a young, bright mind in house, uh, to, you know, pretty much expand on the role that he previously had, that he really had some success with, like not a bad thing at all. Uh, but Arjun would love your thoughts again on, uh, on Tim Gribble. Uh, you know, I think, I, I think it's a, it's another really good internal promotion. Again, another good guy to hold on to. but, uh, I know you were doing some more reading, so I'd love to just kind of hear your thoughts and some takes on it. Yeah, man. So I think that first of all, Kyle Smith to be promoted after all of these changes with the organization, right. To fire the head coach in the middle of the season to only have about three to four employees that still remain under that regime. That was right. Bruce Allen. I think the fact that Kyle Allen got promoted uh, in the way that he did speaks volumes to what his reputation is on, around the league as well as within the organization. Uh, so Ron, obviously with all the power that, that he has coming into this job and coming into the new year, clearly wanted to work with Kyle and saw Kyle as as someone that should definitely be here for a while. So so Kyle was the director of college scouting for the last three seasons. Obviously, like you mentioned, had a really big impact on the last three drafts. Rivera has spoken highly about that. With Tim, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned the Steelers, but that was only his first two years. He's been then working for the Redskins for the last 17 years. So oh. another internal promotion uh, here for for the Redskins. And I think it's a great move because Kyle has said nothing, nothing but great things about work, his working relationship with Tim. And I think that Tim's 20 years of experience, as well as, you know, and I could be wrong about some of the numbers on the years, but, uh, but I think that keeping some sense of continuity in the front office is going to be really helpful for the team as well. For sure. Okay. They, they were, they were here during the years that we were shit. Um, and, you know, to bring in a Rivera, to not have a GM yet, but to really have someone in a GM stead to be ready for the draft, I think is going to be really important, especially people who have, who already know the guys on the team. Right. Uh, Kyle, his job previously, you know, being a director of college scouting was only on the college side. Now with his promotion, he's going to be managing the free agency, uh, current NFL players, as well as college scouting as well. So, um, you know, I think he he trusts Tim. I I don't know too much about Tim. I know he has a he he has an interview on Redskins Nation that I haven't checked out yet, but definitely going to be something that I do after this podcast. But overall, super happy, and I think I think the other big thing is um, you know reassigning Doug Williams uh, to a player development role as opposed to player personnel. 
also speaks uh, speaks volumes for how Rivera thought of him as a person in the organization. Obviously, a fan favorite. Obviously, a legend. Brought us a Super Bowl. Um, and so, you know, I think player development is definitely a kind of better suited. I think Doug Williams is definitely better suited uh, to be in that role. I also think that, uh, you know, Doug is a great guy. I've met Doug. Doug and his son, Doug being a coach at Grambling State, obviously for many years, um, you know, gives us something different in the front office. But player development, I think people look to a Super Bowl winning quarterback for an organization that has been starving for one for so many years. I think um, all every single move that they've made so far is a really good move. I don't know about the Eric Schaefer thing, but I, I'm sure that, you know, some of the guys that we haven't retained, I think also probably didn't want to be here so good on them hope they get their next shot but i'm happy with the moves that we've made yeah i yeah i think i think you you make great points across the board super excited to see how it all comes together and yeah it does speak volumes um that the guys that you know were from the previous regime are being kept on to the new regime really kind of expresses how you know i I can only imagine he would only want them on if he thought they were a good fit and then they would only stay if they really thought that there was something to stay for so you know always promising things always like really great things to uh to to hear and to see right um but to your point um you know a lot of change has been going on and you know something we did you know something we did see uh, was certainly a flight or a migration of sorts uh, of many of the Carolina Panthers coaching staff coming up to D.C., which has – fuck, I dropped my pen. Sorry, give me a second. Uh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, sorry, guys. Uh, so you saw kind of a migration of all of these Panthers coaches coming to D.C., uh, you know, some people jokingly kind of changing their Twitter icons to like a burgundy and gold panther, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, or, you know, other people calling us the Washington Panthers and uh, all kinds of stuff, making jokes about it. Uh, but I think there I think a lot of them are really good moves. I think a lot of this coaching, I think, I mean, again, still not entirely sure why Carolina even fired Ron. I mean, he had like one one bad season, uh, after, you know, facing tons of injuries. I mean, hell, he styled he started kyle allen at quarterback and won like four or five games with kyle allen at quarterback like come on like that that's that's no that's that point he he helped them get through so much stuff i don't know if you remember the owner um having personal off the field issues that forced him to sell the team so rivera was the main guy that held that organization together so to kind of not show him the respect that he deserved obviously cam newton out not having made the playoffs three of the last four years, I think I think definitely sparked that. But I'm happy we got Rivera. I know he's got a lot of power, so we're putting a lot of trust in him. So I really hope he knows what he's doing because if he wasn't able to replicate like all that success in Carolina, I don't know. You know, the Athletic had a great article on on you know there's a huge migration of those coaches coming uh, coming with him here, and does that really bode well for our team? You know, if we look at you know. Speaking to the coaching staff, we look at some of the names here, right? The, one of the only holdovers is running backs coach uh, Randy Jordan. Yep. And I was surprised and very happy because obviously you've got AP, you've got Darius Geis, you've got Bryce Love. Like you've got guys who are here already ready to make some moves and we're ready to see Scott, Randy, and the whole gang get together and see what they can do. Um, you know, because we don't really have a Christian McCaffrey, but we have a lot of complementary pieces that can work together to 
replicate a lot of the production that um, that Christian got last year under Scott and Ron. So super pumped about that. Other names I want to kind of ask you about, you know, Luke Del Rio, offensive quality control coach, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Del Rio, our defensive coordinator, super pumped about that hire. You know, tell me, tell me some, some hires you're, you're excited about that you've heard anything about. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's not even necessarily something I something I heard about, but something as I was kind of preparing for our conversation uh, today that I kind of that I came across was that um, you know outside of all the folks that we brought in from Carolina, like I know and I know we held on to yeah the running backs coach his name's slipping my mind right now. Then we also brought back uh, special teams coordinator Nate Kozar, I think is I think is I think yeah. is his name. Yeah, and I mean I mean I don't know. I, Tressway is definitely uh, like his own special talent. Like I highly doubt that Nate is the reason why Tress is so good, but whatever Nate's doing with Tress, I keep fucking doing it. And Dustin Hopkins has become one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL. Very quietly, one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL. If you go up and put his numbers up against anybody, you'd be surprised to see how successful he is. Uh, granted, it's not that we were really scoring many points and that he had many opportunities to miss, but hey, that's neither here nor there. Still a really good, ki- still a really good, really good kicker. Saw him drill some really, really long field goals this year in, in tight situations. So excited to see him coming back. But to come back around to where my tangent kind of began, uh, the there's a uh, the special team, uh, not special teams. We hired uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, for, or not defensive coordinator, the defensive backs coach from uh from the la chargers i almost said san diego chargers but from the la chargers uh and that's actually got me really 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 excited because um say what chris harris yes 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 exactly chris harris yeah um and what's interesting enough i know we're about to get into free agents here after this chris harris jr is one of the available uh corners this year uh, and he is quite very, very much talented, very so talented at uh, at the sport of football and at being a corner. So that's something we can kind of dive into in a little bit. But really excited because the Chargers had uh, like the sixth or seventh. I'm not looking at it right now, but the sixth or seventh best pass defense in the NFL last year. Uh, we're bringing in a, clearly a guy that kind of has 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 some know how. Uh, there's clearly an emphasis on building this defense, and that makes me so excited to see where this is going and how they all work together. Um, you know. There's nothing like having a young, like talented core like we do. You know, we have guys like like Dunny, you know, Quentin Dunbar for the folks that don't know Dunny uh, by Dunny. But, uh, you know, very, very talented, obviously one of the top corners in the NFL last year. I'm a little worried about his injury history. You know, he has kind of, you know, fouled a couple, but it's the NFL. You know, there's injuries every single time they walk out onto a field, be it practice or a game. So that's just something that he has to he has to fight through. But you got him, you got Jimmy Moreland. You could like kind of what we talked about last week, where you could have like a reinvigorated Josh Norman uh, potentially if we don't cut him. Uh, I know again we talked about how a lot of coaches and fans kind of uh, you know flip the switch on him and and kind of hate him for lack of a better word right now. Um, but you know, that's another guy like that could be reinvigorated by someone coming in and being like, I need you to be a veteran leader. I need you to do all of this. I need you to be the captain of the secondary. You need to be that guy. You know, you've been there now it's time to kind of put up, like it's time to justify that massive fucking contract you got. Uh, it's not okay to just allow, t- allow touchdowns and punch out a ball on occasion. Like, yeah, we talked about how good he is at forcing fumbles, but that can't be all you're good at when you're getting paid 
16, 17, 18 million dollars a year. So I'm really excited about that D-backs coach, uh, you know, Chris Harris. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, some of your takes around how Scott, uh, how Scott Turner uh, kind of might use the offense. You talked a little bit about like the running backs coach, uh, you know, having AP, having Geis, having Bryce Love, like always really cool, you know, great to great to have the talent, but in having the running backs coach is great, but it's also important that the running backs coach is able to work with Scott and, you know, Scott had Christian McCaffrey. So curious just to, you know, before we move on to free agents here, how you think Scott um, is going to kind of use that, uh, that three headed monster that we could potentially have in the backfield. You know, let's assume Bryce love is okay. Post-surgery. Uh, let's assume the same, let's assume the same for, for all the folks involved. Uh, you have AP who wasn't very happy in new Orleans when he wasn't the lead running back. You have Geis, who for all intents and purposes can very much be a bell cow, but he's got some weak knees. And then you have Bryce Love, who is a huge X factor wild card, you know, fire pick in the fourth round was one of the uh, leading candidates for the Heisman uh, before his injury. Uh, his, his last year at school, he had, you know, some absurd amount of rushing and like receiving yards dudes fast as lightning could obviously change post-surgery, but would love to, again, tangent it a little bit, but bringing it back, just would love to just hear your thoughts around how he might use them and how they all might work together. Yeah, so from what I've read and heard is, so first of all, I think Scott, I think a lot of Redskins fans, like myself, were really, really uh, disappointed when we couldn't retain Kevin O'Connell. Uh, I personally felt really upset about the hire uh, for Scott Turner because he's only been an offensive coordinator for three weeks or four weeks, however long um, after Rivera got fired. So I know that him as a 37-year-old, definitely has uh, a chip on his shoulder to motivate. You talked about last week how, you know, he doesn't want to be Norv's son, right? He, he wants to be Scott Turner, offensive yeah. coordinator of the Washington Redskins, not Scott Turner, Norv's son, or Norv Turner's, Norv, Norv Turner's son, Scott. Um, so I think that is going to be really important, especially in wanting to put the players in the best position possible to succeed. Uh, he's clear, uh, Ron Rivera clearly believes in him. So I think that, you know, Ron's been around the block, understands what it takes to get to the Super Bowl, understands what it takes to build men. Uh, and I think Scott is going to be the right guy to put them in the right positions to succeed. With that three-headed monster, you know, given that they bring AP back, it's not guaranteed that AP comes back yet. Uh, I think that, I think they're going to do a lot of, what I read was they, they he liked to implement a lot of motions and pre snap formations, formation changes that gives the quarterback a lot more information about um, gives a lot more information about uh, the defense, right? So when you motion a wide receiver to come in, they see how the defense shifts. So then they understand, all right, are they playing man? Are they playing zone? And I think that's going to be really important for Dwayne uh, and his development. It is not a given that Dwayne is just going to pick up this offense and the terminology like that. Yep, the terminology. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard stories. We really gotta. We really gotta hope that you know he picks it up because I think if he does, if and when he does, I think we're going to explode on offense, and I think we're going to be we're going to be hot take top ten in offense in most categories. No, that's not a hot, that's not, that's not a hot take. That's not a hot take. I I fully, I full, and maybe we're both spewing hot takes, but I fully expect this to be a top 10 defensive unit next year. 
I, I we have the talent. Yeah. We have the talent for it. I said I said this year you can ask almost anyone. I talked my ass off about you know having a top 15 defense this year. Even that, like I still think we can easily do it. I, I think we can have a top 10 defense. I'm saying we should have a top 10 offense, right? Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case just because people look at a wide receiving core and they're like, okay, we got Terry McLaurin, you got anybody else, and he was a rookie. So and and the cool thing about Terry is that. He's going to be our starting X no matter who we sign in free agency, no matter you know who we draft in free agency, whether we pick a, fir- pick a high round pick, pick a wide receiver in a high round pick. So Terry's good. Um, I think also just one little tangent on Terry, you know, he actually doesn't like the whole nickname Scary Terry because that's actually Terry Rozier. It is, yeah, yeah. He's he's mentioned a couple times after big games and interviews, and he's like, you know, like I don't I don't know about Scary Terry. Like someone already he's got that. Like I gotta find my own nickname. So a lot of people are calling him like F1, like McLaren. F1 McLaren. <laughs> so it'll be I I think uh, give a shout out to Terry for making the All Rookie Team. Um, Absolutely, huge shout out. Come to, come talk on our come talk on our show, Terry. <laughs> Terry love you. We're all about you. You you posted on your IG story saying he's gonna be a future Hall of Famer. He let's, is. Let's just no doubt, no doubt in my mind, future Hall of Famer. Let's keep him a skin, man. Oh um, my God. Yeah, Scott, Scott, I think he's gonna do really well for this team. And again, it just depends on the terminology and them picking up the offense. But once they do, I think we're gonna start. I, I'd say like week five, week six, week seven, we're gonna start hitting our stride. I think we're gonna come out the gate slow. I really do. I don't think we're gonna be. You know, like two and zero or three and zero. I think we'll be like one and one, two and one, maybe two and two, two and three. Uh, I don't think we're gonna start out hot, but I think we're gonna get hot, and I ex- fully expect that. And I feel like Redskins fans, you should also expect that because we're, we're demanding some respect from the rest of the league now, right? Like we're not we're not a joke anymore. We've got a good head coach, we've got a good offensive coordinator, we've got a great defensive coordinator, right? And we've got talent on both sides of the ball that needs to be developed and implemented in the right way. So again, with Josh, again with the defense, we've got we've got an NFL like we've got a top ten talent on defense. Now they just need to be put in the best positions to succeed, and not these complex schemes that Greg Minuski was using that just confused yeah. players and just led to sixty-yard touchdowns uh, every other play. <laughs> and it's just like it, it was tough to watch, but. The defense also shored up. Uh, one of the coaches, before we go on to the free agents, you know, there was some talk right before they finalized a lot of the coaches that maybe Bill Callahan would come back to be the offensive line coach. Obviously, Ron Rivera wants his guy, his people, uh, so I understand that. John Matsko, I heard, is a legend also in, in the way that he coaches these offensive linemen, and, and we're going to need it because I think we're going to have an infusion of young talent. On the offensive line, we need it. We need some depth. We need some guys who are not going to commit penalties. Morris Moses, uh, Donald Penn, uh, all these guys. Like they played fine. Like they're they're good guys, good players. Met well, supported Haskins. They were there for him. Donald Penn is actually super tight with Haskins. I just learned Um, they actually worked out in the off season before Haskins was drafted. So I was wow. Like they have a really tight relationship. I would love to see Donald Penn back as a backup, and obviously to Trent Williams. Um, but I think that we're, we're in a really good spot coaching-wise. I really believe that uh, Ron 
Ron implemented what he said in his opening day press conference, which was, we need good teachers. And I think these are good teachers to help develop this talent and the talent that we bring in in the draft and free agency and really allow them to put their stamp on our football team and, and run with it. And I'm excited, man. HTTR. HTTR, baby. Woo! Uh, love, right. that. love that. Love that. Love that. Free agents. Right? Like, and, and let's focus on the – I'm going to focus on the players that, you know, are at positions of need. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and places that we kind of need an upgrade. So let's start with wide receiver. Top five wide receivers in the free agent class. Uh, Robbie Anderson of the Jets. Highly likely that he gets re-signed. Uh, they love him in New York. Uh, Nosa talks about him. Uh, for those of you who don't know Nosa, Nosa is one of my co-hosts on East Coast Connection. Uh, <laughs> hearing more about that, but that was a little little plug right there. So, <laughs> You got Emmanuel Sanders, who's definitely getting up in their age. He's 5'11", 33, but just has been a beast of a player um, ever since his time in uh, Pittsburgh. You got Randall Cobb. He had somewhat of a career resurgence in Dallas this past year. Um, interesting. I, I would love to take some players from Dallas. You know, why not? Make them weaker while we strengthen us. And then we got A.J. Green and Amari Cooper, you know, two of the top guys. A.J.'s 32 Passed his prime a little bit, underwent a lot of surgeries. Uh, I like him as a big target, but I also really want to develop Kelvin. And I think that Kelvin has the potential to be our starting Z receiver. And then you got Amari, who's going to command a lot of money. You know, uh, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. And despite his tendency uh, to disappear sometimes, you know, he's he's been uh, without him before that trade. Dallas and Dak Prescott weren't doing anything. So, right. Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me, out of the wide receivers, and not necessarily in that list, but who do you who do you think we should go after, and if so, why? Um, I think I I am a so I'm a I'm a big fan of Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he re- reminds me a lot. Um, maybe not in the same way, but it reminds me a lot of, of uh, Pierre Garçon uh, and kind of the role that Pierre played as a mentor uh, to the young receivers that we had on, on that squad. Like, yeah, we had some old dudes too, but, you know, he was a real kind of, you know, not only mentor for the young for the young receivers, but also for RG3. Uh, dare I say that name on this podcast again? Uh, but I really do kind of see, you know, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders as a leader in that huddle, kind of helping uh, Dwayne come along, you know, this, this is a guy that was in the same huddle as Peyton Manning, who, uh, many people argue is, uh, the best quarterback, the greatest quarterback of all time, even more so than Tom Brady is like one of the only, uh, you know, one of the only guys that can go toe to toe with, uh, with Tom. So, uh, I think he, he really would add a very, uh, a very interesting target that we could use out in that Y as we develop, uh, Harmon, because uh, I, I, you know, I, I know and I know you love Harmon and, and I and I do, too. I really like his potential. I think he's got a great ceiling. Uh, I don't think he's just there yet. And I think at the point that Dwayne is in his uh, in his career, it's important that we give him weapons. And, you know, I think our backfield is well equipped. Um, I think there's some money that we can kind of play around with with these tight ends. You know, I know if we go get uh, an Emmanuel Sanders or Randall Cobb, it's going to cost a little bit, but I think it'll be worth it in the long run. I mean, Randall Cobb is considered what, you know, fourth or third, you know, best receiver uh, in this free agency class. 
Uh, and you know, this is a guy that only got paid what, like three and a half million dollars last year. So, um, it can only be so expensive to bring these guys, to bring these guys on. Uh, and I do, uh, I do know we have, what is it about 80 uh, million dollars of potential cap space. And so, I mean, that's quite a, that's quite a bit. And so there's really no excuse, but I really like to see Emmanuel Sanders on this team. I think he could play uh, a big leadership role. Uh, and to just kind of tangent off of that and speaking to uh, kind of weapons that I would uh, that that I would like to see. I mean, yeah, guys like Amari and A.J. Green, like, yeah, they're, that's, they're always good names to have. But I mean, A.J. Green, to your point, like who knows what he's going to be like post-injury. Uh, and Amari is just going to command a ton of money for being someone that is relatively inconsistent. And I think the Cowboys are going to franchise tag him anyways. Uh, and I don't even think he'll be in the market. And I think uh, that's actually something we're also going to do with Brandon Scherf. Uh, to kind of to kind of keep ourselves uh, in line with our with our you know kind of current plans, uh, which includes protecting uh, Haskins at all costs and bringing back guys like Trent. And you can't really do that if you got guys departing from your line. But uh, some something I'd also like to see is us uh, kind of make a move in the tight end space. I think there are a lot of really good uh, pieces out there uh, that could potentially play a role even at a lower cost, like a Jacob Hollister. Uh, or a Tyler Eifert. I mean, this is a guy, Eifert hasn't been the same uh, since those injuries a couple of years back, but, you know, he's still a good piece. Uh, he's got good hands. And I mean, we have Jeremy Sprinkle, Sprinkle blocking anyways. Uh, and of course you have your Ebrons and the Henrys and the Hoopers. But again, you know, those are guys that are going to take uh, a good bit of cap space. You know, as much as I'd love, you know, Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper, who, you know, they can run routes and they have, uh, you know, great stats in the red zone and isn't that where we've always seen the skin struggles in the red zone because we don't have a quality catching tight end uh and so you know the year like you know you go back to the kirk cousins year uh jordan that, the year we made the playoffs was no coincidence that that was i think jordan reed's best statistical year so um that's something i'd really like us to see uh if it means sacrificing a bit on the wide receiver edge i mean to your point harman has got a, a you know Harmon is uh, a talent for sure that we can develop you know again i don't necessarily think he's ready but prioritizing um you know the some cap space and you still have to think about the offensive line and maybe some pieces on defense that we need to go after um which kind of tees up our next little segment here i'd like to see us go after um you know a manual and uh and again like a henry or even maybe a cheaper option like a hollister but uh, i did speak a little bit or allude to us kind of moving over to the defense and so man i'd like to hear a little bit from you i know we've got some really interesting uh options within uh the cornerback class uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Chris Harris uh, being the defensive, uh, the defensive backs coach, and uh, Chris Harris Jr. is out there. He's available. Um, James Bradbury uh, is also out there. Uh, our 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 man's from Carolina, so he's got that connection to Ron Rivera. Um, we did we did some. We you know we already have uh, a tendency to sign good corners from Carolina with Josh Norman. Uh, you know, they're, you know, they, I, and they could very well be looking to reevaluate what they're doing, given that they have a whole new coaching staff coming in. They just had Luke Keekley retire. So that could really impact kind of what they're looking to do. So Bradbury is going to be open uh, on the market, uh, you know, but would uh, would love to get your take. And I know we've got, you know, some crazy, some crazy shit like Ndamukong Su is out there. And uh, there are guys out there who could really help us. And uh, there's a lot of talent out there. I mean, I, I, I giggled when I saw uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, I can only I can only imagine like getting him on 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 a cheap deal and adding him into the rotation of of rushers. Oh my goodness gracious! I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. And uh, and guys like Byron Jones on the Cowboys, man, goodness gracious, you could really make a lot happen. 
happen, especially if we make the right moves uh, with our cap. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that new guy that uh, we let go for Eric, uh, for Eric Schaefer um, is able to, to kind of put that together. But again, tangents aside, we'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on uh, what we've got cooking on the defensive side and, and free agency. Yeah, man. So given, given our defensive line, I think, and, and some of the guys we have currently at the outside linebacker position that would end up playing the edge rusher. I don't think that we should go after. Uh, I don't think we should spend our cap room on on the defensive line or the edge rushers. I think that we should definitely invest a late couple of late round picks on the defensive line slash edge rushers, but not spend too much money there because we're so strong and we need to focus on developing a Duran, developing John, continuing to develop them. Um, got Ionitis, love Tim Settle, Virginia Tech product. Hey, um, so uh, I love I love the front four, front six that we have uh, have there in that rotation. I think where we really need to shore up is going to be the back, the middle and back end of our defense, right? So we've got guys like Ruben Foster in house who's coming off a huge injury, uh, who's only 26, 27 years old, who can definitely man that Mike position and really like run our defense and be the quarterback of our defense. But there's no guarantee there. So either we spend a high draft pick there or, you know, there's some guys that, that I'm, I'm looking at, you know, Kyle Van Noy, who's not going to be too expensive. But on the kind of top of the list, I haven't really been too familiar uh, with him. But Corey Littleton, who's a, who's a Pro Bowl up there in 2018, he logged, you know, like nine, nine tackles for a loss, four sacks, 13 pass breakups, three interceptions. He didn't receive uh, he didn't receive a Pro Bowl invite this year, but his numbers remain relatively consistent. He'll definitely be on the market. I'm sure the Rams are going to try to re-sign him. Wade Phillips loved him as a fourth-year player. They trusted him a lot in coverage, blitzes, just making the right plays. So I think he's a name to watch out for. I think we're going to spend some money on defense, especially where we're weak, right? So now moving to like our our defensive backs. You know, we got cornerbacks. James Bradbury, like you mentioned, Byron Jones, Chris Harris, all good pickups, I think. Um, I, alluding to what I said about uh, of taking a Dallas Cowboy, um, I don't think it's going to matter as much this year because there has been so many coaching changes. So be, because they're changing coaches, they're changing schemes, uh, Byron's not going to be able to like theoretically give us any insight on you know how the Cowboys' offense plays or how their defense works because – they're probably going to be changing that whole scheme anyway. So it's really just looking at talent. I think Byron came on. Uh, he's a solid talent. I wouldn't say he's, like, great. But if Dunny's our number one, uh, if we restructure Josh Norman uh, and keep him as, like, a backup to Dunny and then maybe sign a Chris Harris, I- I'd love to see that. Uh, I loved Chris Harris, I believe, in the in the Broncos Super Bowl. Yeah. He played a huge role on that defense. And, and yes. Manning was, like, at, at that point, like this is right before he retired and they won that Super Bowl, he was like, ironically, against Ron Rivera and the Panthers. Wow, crazy how that shit works. Full circle, dude. It's always crazy. Um, that defense was everything for that team. Peyton Manning was like walking on eggshells. He was like pretty bad his last year. Uh, but obviously, when a defense can carry you, especially when we have a young talent, I read a different article about how. Um, if there's a model to build our team like, it's the Buffalo Bills. 
right? You got a young, young quarterback, like second year guy, taking you to two consecutive playoff games or two playoff years. Um, Sean McDermott, coincidence or not, also shout out, shout out, William and Mary. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah, it's him. It's him and Mike. It's him and Mike Tomlin. Both went to William and Mary. They played together, actually. That's dope. Um, Continue. Yeah, I, I, the Bills. <laughs> and then Sean McDermott, coincidence or not, also happened to be Ron Rivera's DC. Oh, you're right. You're right. Or <laughs> he got that job. Yeah. So, so the Bills have also created a nice approach where everything is about the players. It's all about work ethic and and putting them in the best position to succeed. So I think that we're going to kind of follow that model. We believed that our defense was ready to take that leap for the last three years, right? We felt like, all right, we've got talent here. There's something that we need to do here. And then Greg Minuski shows up and we're like, ugh, (laughs) can't even, I don't even know what what to say about him. But anyway, so I think think under good coaching, good teachers, I think we're going to be able to, our defense is definitely going to carry us. but I won't be surprised if by the mid midpoint of the season that our offense and defense have kind of started gelling together and we're playing a field position game and real football and not some like, let's just hope we can get a first down on this. Next <laughs> let's run it. Let's just, let's run a draw on a screen and try to get a first down. I hate, I hate when they're like, and that's another three and out for the Redskins, you know, oh. like, uh, I should get that. We should get that tattooed. It's it's almost be- it's become more frequent than the fucking fight song. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh man. You know, uh, back to offense for a second. You know, Ron Rivera. Um, you're you're about to say some crazy shit. Do you already know what I'm about to say? I don't know, no, man. Maybe <laughs> I can feel it. You probably have a good idea. Uh, Ron Rivera. You know, weirdly enough. We talked about last week how he didn't give uh, his full support of Haskins, right? He wanted to see him become a leader and, you know, didn't didn't commit to Haskins being a starter or anything. He did not say anything about Haskins other than Haskins needs to grow. Yeah. No, he, he also said that maybe there's going to be a veteran veteran quarterback that they bring in. That <laughs> oh, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Maybe maybe Ron wants to just fuck around and, and sign Tom Brady. No fucking way, dude. No way. No way. In the event. No that Tom- way. No way. No how, dude. No how. You know, you have a better chance of one of us getting hired to the fucking front office before some of that. No way. Tom, Tom, Tom kissing, kissing his son on the lips, going to come play for the big bad Redskins? No way, dude. No way. But but speaking of Tom, I'm not I'm not a Pats fan, but I'm a Michigan <laughs> fan, so go blue every time. But um, yo, look, I'm not saying that I want Tom. I I I don't think Tom's done in terms of like his ability to play. It's <laughs> like uh, his skill. But I I'd rather us not win a Super Bowl and develop Dwayne than like try to make a playoffs and have a first round exit like the Pats did this year. Um, because sometimes what, what happens with the Redskins is that, you know, we start off like trash and then we are trash and then we just end up being mediocre. Like, like for example, the Jets are a perfect example of this in that they started out one and seven and then finished six and two. Right. And like at that point now they're picking 11 outside the top 10 
and aren't able to get that stud. And they, they probably will get a stud even if they just stand pat at 11. But if you're like, you know, when you're rebuilding, you want to almost tank, right? This goes back to that thing. It's like we did not play Josh at all. Josh was not injured. Josh was not ill. They say Josh had an illness. But, like, that's bullshit. Like, Josh Hussman, <laughs> like, you're going to – if he can play, he was going to play. But they decided to sit him. They're like, no, we want to go with these young guys. We want to get some film on them, see how we can progress. I think that, you know, having Dwayne and progressing there is going to be better for our long-term future. I'd rather us, you know, be able to win or be in contention to win multiple Super Bowls, not just a one-year, one-off thing. Um, Because otherwise, Dwayne should have sat all year last year, like everyone in the world said that he should just sit for the year. Um, I'm happy he got that experience and showed us some promise, and I'm I'm excited for Dwayne. Yo, don't rule out Brady. Brady, right, right. And we're going to the moon uh, in two weeks of first-class flight, right? Um, <laughs> that's yeah. fair. Uh, I mean, that, that that's fair. I mean, hey, you never know. It's the NFL, baby. That's why we love it, right? You never know. You never know what you're gonna find. I mean, the Redskins finally look like they're a competent organization. So you already know if that's possible, then, you know, hell or high water, you never, you never know what you're going to get with these guys. And the, the great thing is, is that we're in an awesome division in a division that has not had uh, a back-to-back NFC East champ. And I don't know how long all that means. A really long time. All that means is that, yo, We've done it before. We've gone from worst to first. We weren't. We were worse this year. So I, I, I take. What, what if we're first place that season? Division, division. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take that. I'll take that for fifty bucks, please. Lock it. Lock it in. Redskins, twenty twenty NFC East champions. Absolutely no doubt about it. We're gonna have a top five defense, top ten offense, uh, in our special teams. You already know. Trustway. Trustway is gonna be. Uh, here's my hottest take ever. Tress Way is going to be Super Bowl MVP because, yeah, you like that. I know you like that. You like that. I know you do. Like Tress Way, baby. You like that. All right. Any, anyways. Uh, but, yeah, Tress Way, Super Bowl MVP, calling it now. NFC East Division champions. I'm calling 12-4. and four. Not really. Maybe. 12-4. Four. Four. That's crazy. Right. We've never seen our team win more than 10 games. That's fucking tragic. <laughs> listeners, listeners, everyone who's listening, we're week two into our podcast we're this is second episode 12 and 4 and we're already we're already on this optimism train hope train yo why don't we fucking win the super bowl like, oh no i told i told you dan dan snyder's in his bag again he's like what do i do to get these fucking sorry ass fans back into my stadium and he's <laughs> I'm a, I'm a happy camper. I believe in this team, and I believe we have a – Hell yeah, dude. I believe in it way too much. <laughs> on cloud nine, bro. You should be taking that first-class ticket to the moon, bro, because, like – Oh, man. <laughs> let's talk about Super Bowl. Woo! We need to stop. Just – We need to stop. We need to stop right now. We need to stop right now. But – On that note, listeners, again, appreciate all your feedback. We're going to cut it here because it's now 42 minutes instead of an hour and 32 last time. So we hope – but this is a little bit more digestible for you. Hope you enjoyed some of the hot takes that we had and some of the updates coming out of Redskins Park. Uh, please, please check out our Instagram. Uh, we're at Riverboat Redskins. Uh, would love uh, to, ha- if you guys want to get on the podcast, we want to start taking some, uh, you know, questions and, and ideas from you guys. So please, we are all ears. 
we are here for you and for every Redskins fan, whether you're a positive, whether you're a hater or not, uh, tell us what you want to hear us talk about and we will do it. I will literally do anything you guys tell us to do. <laughs> I, I will put my, my body is ready. Well, it's not, but it's ready. Something for the listeners. We, uh, we went to the, the Jets game, right? Yeah, went to Jets, yeah. And I, I'm sure all of you saw on Twitter when there was a video of uh, a group of Redskins fans chanting, sell the team, sell the team. To, obviously, we weren't in that video, but yo, we started that. That was us. That was us. That was us. We started bang. That was from our section. That was literally from our section. From our section. I, I can't remember what section we were in, but... But second, it was like, like it was like under it was like under yeah. the, it was like 200 like way back we started banging on the fences and oh my god yeah no that's one that's one that that's one that Jets dad like pushed me and then tried getting mad at me remember that I was like bro I was like bro get a life like what are you doing <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean we had a Jets fan with us and we'll, we'll talk about Nosen a little bit but um yeah guys for all the listeners appreciate you always much love. Peace, enjoy, stay warm. I know it's going to get cold again, even though we've had a couple days of nice weather, but um, keep following us. Appreciate you guys all listening and, and HTTR. Hail HTTR, HTTR. Let's have, uh, let's have, let's have a great, great rest of the day. Arjun, I'll be talking to you later, my man. All right, brother. Peace. Peace, man.